Hey everybody, it's Monday, May 4th, and it's time for another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia. I'm Cecilia Sepp, the principal and founder of Rope Tulips. We offer 501c consulting and association management services. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Agnes Amos Coleman. Let me throw it over to Agnes to say hello. Thank you, Cecilia. My name is Agnes Amos Coleman. I'm an author and a consultant, and thank you for our global audience, wherever you're watching us from. Uh, hopefully you will enjoy our conversation for this afternoon. Over to you, Cecilia. Great. Thanks, Agnes. And today we're really excited. We have finally, after months of negotiations, gotten Elisa Pratt as a guest on our show. Elisa's with Brewer Pratt Solutions and serves associations exclusively. Elisa is also one of the original members of the Rogue Tulips Network. And we're really pleased to finally have her here with us. And today we're going to be talking about restoring your organization's health. The, the topic of the moment, of course, is COVID-19 and how do you do management and restore your organization's health in a period like this. But what Elisa is going to talk about is at any time your organization might be hitting some bumps in the road. So let me throw it over to Elisa to introduce herself and then start off our conversation. Hi, Elisa. Hi, Cecilia. Thank you so much, Cecilia and Agnes, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. And it's, it's gosh, it's really more important than ever. And you're right that talking about organizational health and relevance, which is, is my passion, making sure that associations, uh, trade association or individual member associations are as efficient and effective and relevant as possible. That is, that's survival at this point. We are, you know, two months in or so uh, into the COVID-19 new reality. And uh, I've talked to dozens of association executives at this point and they're all kind of waiting. They're waiting for a shoe to drop. They're waiting to see how things work out. And I, I encourage them desperately to start your path to recovery now. Let's figure out what's necessary to get you to not only the next, whatever that is, but to, to survival and success now. We're, we're, all, we're all in different boats. This is the same storm for everyone, but we're all in different boats. And across the association spectrum, you know, whether domestic, whether international, whether serving an essential industry or supporting a profession that is uh, seeing layoffs, we can see commonalities in those challenges being faced by associations. And in those commonalities gives us a chance to accelerate to solutions, accelerate to solvency. Um, so I, I really appreciate you having me on in this, in this very important time. And that's great. And I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's a lot of commonalities across the 501c community and 501c organizations. And I'd, I'd like to hear Agnes's take on this as well from the international perspective, because I know you've been talking to people outside the U.S. lately. That's right, Cecilia and Alyssa. Thank you. This is your topic. It's very, very relevant. And I think that our global audience are definitely interested in wanting to find out what is the next way forward uh, with this pandemic, because we were very optimistic that it's going to be over very soon. What happens to businesses? How do they rebound? And I think a lot of the topics that you're going to share with us today will be able to share, would be able to kind of enlighten our global audience on what are some of the best practices to look at when they want to move their business forward. So I'm very excited. I, I, I can't wait to hear to hear what you have to share with us. Okay. And so, Elisa, what would be the first area that you would recommend an association evaluate for their first step in, in assessing their health and then taking their temperature in a way? Well, I think you're right. And it's important to remember that disruption can take any form. 
and it can come at any time. And while we're all experiencing this now in that, in that shared storm, that whether it's an annual review, whether it's a new CEO taking over, whether it's a, a big shift in your, in your board dynamics, there is disruption in many shapes and forms. And so the, the questions that I pose to organizations and the steps that I outline really can be adopted at any time. Now it's just that much more tangible and urgent. And uh, you know, Cecilia, you mentioned the word assess. Mm -hmm. And that's, that has to be the first step in, in, any, in any evaluation. It's that first step in the path to recovery. You have to understand where you are now before you can define your ideal future. And for organization, I think that takes three parts. There's the internal and operational, making sure you have the right people doing the right things, the right communications with your leadership, um, the right systems running in the right way. Um, and uh, you know, a second piece of that is, is the financial understanding. You have to know what, what is real in that moment. Mm -hmm. Not what you're expecting, not what dues may come, not what sponsorships you had almost booked, but what's real? What is your honest financial circumstance? And only from that point of, of, uh, of true understanding can you forecast. And I encourage all of my clients to forecast for multiple scenarios. You need to adopt the, the, the three bears. You need to have your baby bear, mama bear, papa bear plan <laughs> right. and have a fully developed forecast financially for each of those scenarios so that you can present to your board information with which to make a decision in a world when we don't have a lot of information. Well, you know, and, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, please. But what you were just saying about having the different scenarios in place and being prepared to act in those situations, it sounds very similar to creating marketing personas for your membership. So why would you not create a persona, multiple personas for your organization's potential future paths? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it needs to be done, you know, scenario planning needs to be done on many levels. And a lot of organizations at this time are scenario planning and finan do, developing financial forecasts for their meetings whether their meeting happens at all, whether it still happens in in-person but is, has a very reduced revenues, or whether it's moved on virtually online. You know, what, what would you, you have to scenario and plan out what those situations would look like so that you can make your best attempt at a, at a positive decision. Well, and, do you, and we're all focusing on in-person meetings and conferences being moved to virtual or, or being canceled outright, and that's really impacting a lot of people's budgets. But what are some of the other areas besides conferences that, that are being impacted? Let's use COVID-19 since we're all in the middle of it right now. Sure. Well, the first thing I think of is membership. I mean, the average association gets 38% of their revenue from membership dues. That's, uh, it's actually a, a lower number than I expected. Um, so there is, has been some diversification in revenue streams over the years, but that's, that's not a small number. And uh, if you are in the trade association space and you're supporting companies that are seeing a, a dramatic de decrease in revenue or going out of business, you need to plan for that. And, uh, and even in the individual space, you know, if you're supporting healthcare workers who, yes, they're, they're essential, they're, they're busy, they're making a lot of money, but they don't have the time to engage with your organization. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what does membership look like during, after, and, and even long beyond this, this process? So it's, it's about members, and not only the dues, but in that assessment stage, it's about understanding how your members' needs have changed. Right. Mm -hmm. Is this an opportunity to serve them differently, to serve them better? You know, you don't want to let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> this is an important chance to, to 
recalibrate your value proposition for your members in not only this point of crisis, but in what they will be after. Mm -hmm. So you say don't never waste a good crisis. I've heard other people say that, you know, and of course I have my opinion about how not to waste a crisis, but mm -hmm. when you say that, what, what are you thinking of? How can an association not waste a good crisis? You know, I think of the second step in, in my, uh, my path to recovery is, is evolve. Mm -hmm. And evolving takes a couple different forms, but when you have an opportunity like this, you can, you can get lean. And I think one opportunity that comes out of crisis is, is sunsetting those programs that you wish were long gone. That purposeful abandonment of uh, maybe those sacred cows that uh, were a pet project of a board member or a long tenured staff person always held on to that awards program. You know, whatever it may be, there's an opportunity to, uh, to get lean and to sunset some of those uh, um, less relevant and less forward-looking programs and, uh, and expenses. Um, you also have the opportunity in this time of crisis to take some risks. Mm -hmm. I think CEOs and, and even a few of the new CEOs I've spoken to who have less than 12 months under their belt, this is a chance to experiment. If it goes wrong, blame it on COVID-19. <laughs> Try something new. And uh, you know, the other piece of crisis, it gives you an opportunity to force the hand of innovation. Boards are by nature conservative. Right. Boards are risk averse. And whether you've been trying to move them to a digital board meeting or to adopt some online learning platforms so you could deliver training and education virtually, you know, whatever it may be, you have an excuse now to push, to push that innovation. I've heard a lot of people use governance uh, reviews right now and revamps as a great example of making good use of a crisis because maybe now you can change your bylaws to vote online yeah. and yeah. to have board meetings not always in person perhaps even to change your bylaws so that your members don't have to vote in person yeah so those are some other options so agnes what are your thoughts on this conversation at this point you know i've been a firm believer that there's a silver lining with this pandemic that we're going through this global crisis that again it's an opportunity for global businesses, whether they're association, for-profit, non-for-profit, to look at different ways of doing business. Mm -hmm. uh, to Elisa's point, I think it's, it's the opportunity to, to innovate. And what we're going to see is that whether we like it or not, business is not going to be done as usual. There's going to have to be changes if businesses are going to survive. Uh, we're going to see mergers and acquisition happen. We're going to see leanness of business and how you, you, you manage your, your, your governance. We're going to see how you manage your talent. We're going to see how you manage, you know, just the operations of the business totally. So I am really embracing this and welcoming this change. Uh, I was listening a few days ago uh, on a business channel here in Africa about how, you know, the, the, the legal business can go virtual, can become, you know, can, 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 can be digitalized. And there's a lot of diehards that are saying, how can we digitalize the legal business? How can we, the courts have to come in, they have to be in session, but you know, you can think differently. The courts doesn't have to be in session. There are ways that you can vote and do court business digi you know, digitally. So these are some of the questions that people are grappling with. But what I'm very grateful is that people are beginning to look at things differently on how they're going to move forward. 
That's so funny because that use legal as an example. I have a legal background, having been a legal secretary at a couple of law firms earlier in my life. And uh, it was such a struggle to get them to go from legal pads to eight and a half by 11 yellow pads. That okay. It took like decades. But you know, you're right. Legal is a great example. How many times have people been sentenced on video camera mm -hmm. by a judge? You know, how many times have, have victims made a recorded statement? Mm -hmm. uh, how many times has video been used in the courtroom as evidence? So yeah, there's, there's lots of ways we can integrate these things into these experiences and, and uh, how they relate to our association world. Uh, we actually have an infographic that Elisa supplied us. So, you know, we like to shake things up a little bit. This is our uh, second infographic so far in the history of our show. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, we had a animated gift book cover. So these are uh, some other tips from Elisa. I don't know, I, we're not gonna read all these obviously, but Lisa, it, how could you summarize this for the audience and, and uh, how can they yeah. make this useful? During the early weeks of, of COVID-19, it became very clear that there were important questions that organizations needed to be asking. And as I, as I urge organizations to start thinking about recovering now, don't wait until Q3, Q4, or even Q1 of 2021. There are steps you can be taking and honest conversations you can be having with your senior staff and with your leadership now that will, will help that trajectory and help shorten that path to recovery. And these were six questions that I outlined that I thought were the most important in these early phases of, of COVID-19 to address with your organization. It's, it's everything from that, that financial impact and understanding it um, and forecasting to making sure you're supporting your staff. You know, that investment in your people is more important than ever because while we're, while we're separated and maybe physically siloed more than before, there's a, I don't know, there's more humanity, there's more community. And uh, it, 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 you can feel it. You can feel it when you're on Zooms with people. You can feel it in their voices when you have phone calls. And I think that's the same case with membership. I think this is a chance for associations to shine. And the last step in, in what, I, what I put forth with organizations as we begin to do our strategic recovery planning is really the adoption. What are you learning? What have you learned from this? And one, what can be make, made permanent? You don't want to just do online board voting, but not go back and update your bylaws to make that a permanent change. <laughs> you want to tap into your staff and ask them in an ongoing way, what did you learn today? What was your challenge and what did you learn? Um, make sure that you, you are you know, really evolving to that recovery and adopting those things um, in, in the internal organizational infrastructure. Um, and most importantly, I think we're all, we should give ourselves permission as leaders, as association executives, and even as board members to redefine success. This is a chance and I think a real necessity to reset expectations. Mm. Having a, a meeting or a, a program that, that breaks even, that may be your new, your new success. Zero may be what you're shooting for. <laughs> this is an opportunity to really um, give ourselves permission to reset those expectations and redefine success in the context of what we're going through while still taking advantage of, of this crisis as an opportunity. And is not the world manifested by what we put in our minds? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. The choices and actions we take. So that is, believe it or not, we are already out of time for today. Uh, it's been a great discussion. I want to thank Elisa again for being here and sharing that great infographic from Brewer Pratt Solutions. And uh, Elisa, if people want to get in touch with you later, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, my website is pretty simple, www.brewerprattsolutions.com. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and uh, try to put up new content and, and push the association envelope. So uh, <laughs> I would encourage you to connect with me on LinkedIn um, or check out my website. This is the chance to start developing your, your recovery strategy. And I'm, I'm passionate about association's ability to help the rest of the world get through this but at the same time, they need a path. They need a path to success in the new normal. And that's something we need to start working on today. That's great. And you can also learn more about Elisa at the Rogue Tulips website since she's part of our network. Uh, if you wanna learn more about Rogue Tulips, uh, you can go to roguetulips.com and learn more about all of us and what our consortium can do for you. Uh, we all have to go rogue right now, but on behalf of myself, Elisa, and Agnes, I uh, wanna thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. And uh, like Agnes and I always say, if you want to take 15 minutes and talk to somebody, because you just might learn something. So that's it for this week. Thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.